The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them, until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house they saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord.
Who says there are no paid announcements at church? <laughs> that was the traditional Epiphany proclamation to tell us what will be happening shortly. Lent begins the middle of February, then we have Easter, the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ, so forth and so on, and eventually we come full cycle and we begin again the new year with the season of Advent. So that's telling us, uh, be prepared. Because as I've mentioned before in homilies, we go through the same stories every year. And we do that because we need to remember our story and we forget too easily. So we have these stories again and again to remind us who we are. So today we have the Feast of the Epiphany, the Solemnity of the Epiphany. And like all feasts, it's reminding us of something very important. Let me put it in context. In 1900, 90% of Christians lived in European settled lands. 90%. Today, in 2024, 60% of people live outside European settled land. So we're talking about Africa and Asia in particular. So there's been a big change. And really we can trace it back both to Epiphany and even to the covenant that God made with Abraham because God said to Abraham, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars of the sky. Through you, all nations will be blessed. All nations, not just your nation, but all nations will be blessed. So we're seeing that happen as the church continues to expand. Now, it's still true, even though there are close to 2 billion Christians in the world, uh, two-thirds of people do not have ready access to the gospel. Two-thirds. It's a huge, huge number. So we're still in a growing phase, we always will be, but we're supposed to take our cues from the feast that we celebrate. So we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate Epiphany, where Jesus Christ, the light of the world, came into our lives, and from that light, we're supposed to be a light to the world and take the light of Christ into the world. And as I mentioned at Christmas time, if we were writing this story of where the Messiah, God, should be born, we probably would have said it should be the temple in Jerusalem, this big, beautiful, glorious temple, or at the very least, in the palace of Herod the Great. But he wasn't born there. He was born in a stable where animals are kept. And the first people to see the light come to the light were Jews, they, but they were uh, shepherds, people living out in the countryside. They weren't particularly welcomed into the towns because they smelled like the sheep. And yet they were the first people to hear the message, see the light, and come to adore Christ. And then they went back to tell their friends, we have seen this great light, this Messiah. So ordinary people. And then in today's feast, we have Magi, uh, Gentiles, pagans. They see a light in their nation, wherever it was, maybe Persia, and they're somehow pulled to it, and they want to find out what this amazing light is all about. And they follow the light, they follow the star, and they come to the stable, and they see the light of the world. 
So here we even have the beginning of the Gentiles coming to the Lord. And as we see today, well, we're all formerly Gentiles in one sense, but because of those Magi, and they went back to their country to proclaim the gospel, they didn't just keep it to themselves, but they started that process of evangelization. Uh, we're here today because of over 2,000 years, people seeing the light, believing in the light, and then bringing the light to other generations. So we're here because of that. And then it's our obligation to continue, continue that journey, because that's what God wants. God wants everybody to come to know the Lord, to see the light of Christ, and to become a light to the world. So that's you and me. It's not going to get done if we don't do it. Now Paul says in the second reading today that he's a steward of the many graces that God has given him. Well, we too are stewards of the graces. And one of the messages that Paul uh, emphasizes is that through Jesus Christ, even the Gentiles, those who didn't believe but now believe, have become co-heirs in the kingdom of God. So it doesn't matter if you're Jewish or Christian or Gentile, everybody is called to be a member of the kingdom and to inherit the fullness of life in the kingdom. So that is an ongoing message that we have to keep taking out into the world, finding ways to show the light of Christ in a world of darkness, a world of evil, of pain and suffering, to show people that, yes, it is difficult, but Jesus has done the hard work. He has destroyed the power of sin and death so that we don't have to be afraid of anything. We don't ever have to sin. And through the power of God in our lives, we can do great things in his name and bring more and more people into the church. So again, God wants everyone to be part of his kingdom. And again, that's where we come in. We're not just called to come on Sundays to do our duty to celebrate Mass, but we really come to, to receive the, the, the real, true God in his, his very body, divine food, to hear the message that we're supposed to take forward, and then say to ourselves, okay, now i got to go out there, and i got to proclaim it i got to be like the angels who came to the shepherds and said, come on, take a look at what's going on in Bethlehem. We're supposed to be like the shepherds who came right back to their fellow shepherds and said, hey, we've seen a great light, we've seen the Messiah. We're supposed to be like the magi who traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles to find the truth and then went back to proclaim the truth. So we're not here to stop and say, well, I've done my duty, but rather to be filled more and more with the graces and the blessings of God so that I know what to do when I go out. And it's not a question of knowing all the theology of the church. And nobody knows that. And if you start with that, people are going to look at you like a deer in headlights. You know, uh, we get to that eventually. But the first thing is we've got a God who loves us who became a human being, who suffered and died for us. And in that first reading, we're hearing, uh, because of this revelation, our hearts should be throbbing. Now, people see our hearts throbbing and hear that throbbing in our voices, they're going to wonder what's going on. That they're going to wonder why we have this joy, again, that uh, Isaiah says is overflowing 
because joy is infectious. We all want it. And if we have that joy, then we need to share it with others so that they too can see things differently, see things more clearly, see the truth. And the truth is not about darkness. It's not about pain or suffering or violence. It's rather about Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. That's the good news. So we just need to believe in Jesus, um, grow in our joy in Jesus, and show that enthusiasm, that fervor, that zeal. That will get the ball rolling. Because when the Magi went back, they didn't know any of this theology that we know. There, weren't, there was no theology back then. But what they had was an experience of the living God. They had an experience of revelation. That's what Epiphany is all about, a revelation where they saw something beautiful, something amazing, and that got them excited. And so it was that excitement that carried them back to their land and helped them to sh share with other people. They didn't say, yeah, we saw something interesting in this town of Beth. No, they said, we saw something fantastic. And we prostrated ourselves in front of this child. And we gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And there's something very special about this child. We want you to share that same delight and joy that we had in discovering it. So, like the Magi, we're called to rediscover Christ in our lives and then share that good news. So again, you do not have to have a degree in theology. You don't have to be a catechist. You have to have faith. You have to have faith that is firm and joyful and well-founded and a desire, a fervor, to share it with other people. Enthusiasm, in other words. If people saw us always enthusiastically celebrating our faith, sharing it, and in a beautiful way, people are going to say, I want to know about that too. So we are in a long line of people that came before us beginning at the very beginning, especially with people like Abraham who were faithful, uh, with John the Baptist, of course with Mary and Joseph, with the Magi, with the shepherds. They're, they're all our ancestors in faith. They did what we're called to do. They showed us how to do it. So all we have to do is continue to walk in their footsteps and proclaim the good news of salvation. So if anything, the image today that we get is that of light, a beautiful, bright light, fascinating light that shines in our lives, really gets all the, the cobwebs and the dark corners out of our lives so that we can see things more clearly. And as difficult as life may be, we know that there's a reason behind it all. There is a being behind it all who loves us and who says, just keep coming, keep walking, keep doing what I call you to do, because someday you will shine in heaven with all the angels and saints and know the fullness of glory, the fullness of joy. So that part's still to come, and during Advent we pray for that coming, but right now, we're still in the process of bringing more people to Christ so that others can know the light of Christ and be on fire with the light of Christ and bring other people to the Lord. So as you go forth today, think about your own relationship with God. Is there energy behind it? Is there enthusiasm? Is there fervor? Uh, do you take joy in knowing Jesus Christ? Is there a sense of contentment and peace? And then how do you translate that into your relationships with other people, whether they know the Lord or not? 
but we still have two-thirds of the world's population that have not really encountered Christ. So all we have to do is go outside these doors and we will find them. So that's where the real work begins and ends. And we're just like the Magi, learning something wonderful and then going forth to put it into our lives, put it into our preaching, put it into our practicing. So again, as you go forth, think of where you are in your journey and how you can bring that light of Christ to others, that light that is all about joy and peace and fulfillment. And it's the light that only Christ can bring us. And he's always walking with us, so we're not alone in it. But we need to bring it to others so that they too can see clearly who Jesus is and come to him.